Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Man, I can't hardly believe the drama we got in high stakes fantasy football. Let's get it on. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it straight from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need a same music. No one man to have all that power. The clock ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Transmission Live, Friday, the 8th day of April, 2011, from Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Red vs. Blue High Stakes Radio. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football, and as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent, Mike, uh, the UK Wildcats. Congratulations on Final Four finish. Let's just get that out of the way. And uh, the Big East, the Big East got you. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, it was it was a great season uh, for the U- University of Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, never expected a Final Four. The Big East is they are what they – they are. I mean, they're the greatest conference, uh, the best thing I've ever seen since sliced bread. I don't know how any conference can get better than the Big East. I mean, they are that freaking good. I I don't know what else to say. Hey, you know what? It was a great tournament, probably one of the most memorable tournaments we've had as a Cardinal fan. <laughs> most devastating, most devastating tournament. 
but uh, UConn did the impossible. They did the uh, the run through the Big East, uh, five games, five days, and then came back and did the exact same thing, another six wins on top of that. Uh, great run by uh, the UConn and uh, the Big East champ. Real quick, uh, what's UConn's uh, winning streak at? 11, 12? Yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah, because they were they were they had lost several going into the tournament, so that was a uh, that was an eleven game win streak heading into next season, and you know that's a significant loss there. Uh, you know, losing Kimball Walker to the NBA, but uh, they've got Napier that's uh, gonna be a gonna be a force. So it was a good tournament, and uh, what a terrible uh, upsetting loss for Butler living here in Indianapolis. That wasn't even an exciting Final Four to see Butler do what they did. You know, uh, they put that first loss on that Big East team, uh, Pittsburgh, a number one seed, and everybody was kind of knocking on the Big East, but that turned out not to be a pretty bad loss there, Mike. Butler was for real. Yeah, well, Butler was for real last year. I mean, people talk about Butler being a Cinderella. They're no Cinderella. Uh, Brad Stevens, he knows that. They're, this team is no Cinderella. They're they're an established uh, university that, as far as athletics goes, and if anybody wants to think that they were a surprise, yeah, they were surprised because of their seed. But that's, I mean, who makes a seed? The freaking committee that they don't know what they're doing anyway. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was not that big of a surprise when Butler finally made it. We got Elwood in the chat room, too. He's uh, he's a Butler fan, Butler number one. Uh, you know, I picked Old Dominion, man, in that bracket. I really thought that uh, Butler didn't impress me throughout the year. They kind of squeaked in to make it. I, I thought Old Dominion was going to get them in. So they were an absolute surprise and a shock to me. Very interesting that the only team to beat both UConn and the Butler Bulldogs, Mike. Yeah, you know, it, Louisville? it's a Louisville, Louisville Cardinals. Wow. But, you know, hey, I'll tell you what, that's another credit to the Big East. Louisville beat both of them. I mean, I cannot say enough about the Big East. You, you, Louisville beats these teams, and, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. I, this, this conference gets 11 teams in the, in the NCAA tournament. Next year, I think they should put all of them in there and just roll the dice and see what happens because it is that good of a conference. You're, you're finally coming around, Mike. I think you might have got a little too much fun today. Did you play a little golf today? Yeah, I did. I played golf with a uh, West Virginia grad, a uh, UC grad, and a uh, UML grad. And I don't know, man, there's something about this Big East that's just got me. And you know what? I can't believe they're not in the uh, in in the Final Four of hockey. I've been watching it, looking for it. That's bull crap. They should have put UConn in the Final Four of hockey because this doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, well, I tell you what, look, um, we, we're going to go ahead and start. we got a lot of topics to talk about. we got a great chat room here at the crew at Red vs. Blue. It's a packed house tonight. Me and O'Brown just showed up. Baker Boy's in the house. Cocktails and Dreams, Chad Schroeder, the number one, one of the highest-ranked players in the world. Uh, what, a, what a tremendous crew we've got in here tonight, Mike. Uh, and I'm going to let you get away with more U.K. garbage, Jay-Z was fined $50,000 for visiting that U.K. locker room after they defeated North Carolina. You know what this is, Mike? This is more Calipari slime ball tactics. He knows that Jay-Z in the locker room with a photo shoot with Kentucky players will go a long way with U.K. recruits that are on the fence. He knows it, and this is just more slime ball tactics by your uh, Lord and Savior. 
Yeah, you know what? I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, he is just doing. Uh, he's going underneath, man, I, and that doesn't make sense to me. No biggies, no biggies. Coach would do anything like that, and you know, I can't believe that he would do that. Uh, you know, you take guys like Jim Calhoun, Rick Pitino, and those guys. I mean, they wouldn't do that. That's why I've become so much more of a fan of the Big East right now. This is a this is a great great show. I'm loving life. I'm gonna crack open my fat tire here, and uh, this is I really like the, the momentum of the of the show tonight. We're gonna we're, we've got a lot of topics, Mike. Uh, let, let's just pop around the, the the world of sports real quick before we get to fantasy football, which is why everybody's here tonight. The Bulls clinch the number one seed, my man. The Bulls are yep. for real with uh, Rose. I, I see Derrick Rose, and the one thing they told this kid he had to do, he had to shoot better. And sure enough, he's been on fire. I know a lot of fans aren't uh, these guys here in the chat room aren't NBA fans, but the Chicago Bulls are actually making basketball fun again. Yeah, and I tell you what, Scott. Uh, actually, I'm I'm not a huge fan of the NBA, but uh, I really do enjoy it when it uh, comes time for the uh, playoffs. But uh, the Bulls, they're they're setting the standard for the playoffs. Uh, Derrick Rose is doing whatever he wants to do, whatever he wants to do it. And I'm enjoying uh, enjoying watching him play. But he's got a lot of role players on that team. And uh, all of them are stepping up right now. Uh, you have uh, different teams in the East, uh, for instance, like Boston and Orlando. And, uh, you know, there, there's some other teams, and obviously Miami, that are just kind of biding their time, biding their time. And when the playoffs come, they, they think they're going to kick it in. Well, I'll tell you what, you better – you better not wait because uh, uh, Chicago is ready. And on the west side, uh, you've got uh, San Antonio. They've clinched the uh, number one seed. And the Lakers, they, they're they limping in right now to the playoffs. They're going to be the number two seed. But uh, San Antonio, they're starting to play real well. So all these Lakers heat people that think it's going to be a Lakers heat finals, you better watch it because it might come down to Chicago and San Antonio. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna bounce around here a little bit, Mike. I know you're you're big into fantasy baseball, and we have a lot of fantasy baseball players in the chat room tonight. Uh, Manny Ramirez retired. I don't know how big a news. How big a news is that for fantasy baseball? Is that is that hardly relevant at all? Uh, well, not really, uh, because he he's not uh, one of the up and comers that we look at, uh, and plus he's on a Tampa Bay team that uh, well, let's face it, they haven't won a game yet. And uh, so that's not huge. Uh, he retired because uh, he was tested positive for uh, steroids or HGH or whatever you want to call it. He was tested positive, and his second time around, he had to do a hundred game sus- suspension. His first, he's already been uh, suspended fifty games. Uh, so this was his second time around. It was a hundred game suspension. So he pretty much said, "Well, screw that. I'm going to." Uh, I'm going to retire. He's going to come back. He'll come back next year, and he'll he'll do the 100-game suspension. But it's not that big a deal as far as fantasy uh, baseball owners goes. Okay, so the baseball news as I see it, you've got a couple of hot teams in the league right now. You've got the Rangers, uh, 6-0. and You've got the Phillies that are always hot. I mean, you know, they, I think they lost tonight. 
And then you've got the Reds. They're really hot. But then on the other side of the token, Mike, you've got Houston, Boston. I mean, just what a story there. And Tampa, they can't buy a win. What do you Talk about one of those. Talk about a hot team or a cold team. You, you pick. Okay. Well, a hot team that I really like right now is Texas. Uh, they've got a ton of hitting and uh, a lot of pitching. Uh, they're showing it right now. Uh, they're, they're they're facing all comers. Uh, you know, I do like Philly as a hot team. Obviously, everybody's going to like them. Cincinnati, uh, they're uh, they're a hot team right now because they're playing uh, well. Less competition. I, I know they swept Milwaukee, uh, and but then again, they won two out of three against Houston. And uh, speaking of Houston as a cold team, Houston's not relevant. I'm sorry. Uh, Astro fans, they're they're not relevant at all. Uh, cold team, Boston, very cold, and uh, the Childs are they're out there going, oh my gosh, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. Well, they beat uh, they beat the Yankees today, so uh, I think uh, things ought to be better for them. A hot team that I would be very wary of is Baltimore. The Baltimore Orioles, uh, Buck Showalter, last year, the last half of the year, they were on fire. And they're they're picking right back up from where they left off. Uh, if I was going to pick two hot teams, it would be Baltimore, Texas, and two cold teams. Uh, I still go Boston is going to continue to be cold, and so will Tampa Bay. What a great chat room. Uh, look, we're, we're broadcasting live on thefantasysportschannel.com. You can reach that uh, also at fsc.fm. Real quick in your browser, fsc.fm. We've grown the show. We're also, uh, the channel is growing. Uh, the channel is broadcasting live uh, on iTunes radio. So, you know, I've got this uh, Apple TV at home. It's a nice little uh, wireless uh, receiver mic that you hook up to your television and, and it, you know, goes right to the Internet. You can look at podcasts, yep. listen to podcasts. And uh, we're streaming live right there. So if you go to your Apple TV, you can listen to us right now. Go to your iTunes radio. Go to sports and you'll see the Fantasy Sports Channel right there. We're broadcasting live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mark Ronick and the guys at the Fantasy Sports Channel. It's a lot of fun for us to be a part of that, and uh, great shows all throughout the week. It's just a lot of fun. We focus primarily 90% fantasy football, and of that, we're talking dynasty football in the offseason. We're talking high-stakes fantasy football and, and, and pretty much uh, anything to do with the NFL draft and free agency and all that all throughout the year. Then when it gets serious, we're doing live drafts all throughout the summer, uh, live drafts on the air with some of the best high-stakes players on the planet, and you get your best ADP, your average draft position that you could possibly get by listening to this show. We will find you the best drafts to listen to, and we will broadcast those drafts live on the air. Mike, to be honest with you, before anybody else was doing it, Red versus Blue was doing it, and uh, and it really caught on, and you started to see it growing up, and I'm glad. I like to see it because I like to enjoy these drafts on my way to work uh, as I'm in the car. I just like to download them. If you're not hip to that, you know, you really need to get with a, a little uh, iPod or, or an MP3 player and then subscribe in iTunes to the podcast. It's really easy to do. You just go to the podcast, and you subscribe to the ones that you like, and then uh, you'll just update those, and then you grab it on your way. You update your podcast every morning, plug it in with your USB cable, unplug it, bam, you take it in the car, and you listen to your podcast on the way. You don't have to listen to the radio. You don't have to subscribe. I know a lot of people subscribe to Sirius Radio, and that's cool. There's a nice fantasy channel there, but there's so much content that's available for free. There's no reason why you can't well, just get it and go. So, Scott, 
Scott, it's, I'll it's, tell it's you what, uh, some of our uh, most fun shows and the most interactive shows have been the uh, the ones that have had the live drafts. Uh, you know, there's been more buzz in the chat room. I mean, we always get uh, a lot of buzz in the chat room uh, to the, thanks to the crew, but uh, – those live drafts, I mean, they just, they hum, and, you know, there's more buzz. There's a lot going on, uh, talking about this pick, that pick. Uh, but thankfully, the way we do the show and the way we do the live draft is we don't predetermine the next pick. And that that's what makes it fun for, for the owners to be involved and to be involved in the show. And, you know, I thank every owner that's uh, been involved in any of our shows because, they enjoy that, and uh, we just basically talk about the pick and then move on to the next pick. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. Uh, we're going to be joined by John Duckworth later in the program. We do have somebody that wants to be on the air. Uh, joining us from a Skype connection, caller, you're on the air on Red versus Blue. Hey, what's up? My name's uh, Elwood. I live in Indianapolis. And what do you guys know? They just came on Channel Six and said Peyton Manning's. Has twins. Have you guys heard about this? You know what? Uh, I did hear that same thing. I think that my wife turned over and looked at me uh, just when that was said, and she said, "That's old news. That's all I really know." Wait, Elwood, it was no, uh, but, it was old news. Apparently, like a week old. Are they adopting them, or have you heard? Because I mean, I want them to be his kids because Peyton's not getting any younger. And I'm like, yes, replacements. But if he's adopted them, I'm getting nervous because those Manning jeans are pretty awesome stuff here. They're amazing football players. I didn't know if you guys had heard. This is the first I've heard. I was like, what? <laughs> hey, Mike, I don't know. What do you think? Manning has kids. I know. I think Eli already has a daughter that uh, that's that he not going to help. And now, and now Peyton's got kids. I heard one boy, one girl. So, so I so I was like, yes. Well, <laughs> punt, Pat. Pump, pass, and kick. I mean, what the heck? <laughs> Elwood, I know you're a Pacer fan, too. Tell me about those Pacers. They made the playoffs. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for Pacers basketball? That's a good thing because I am depressed. I went to Hinkle to watch the Butler lose. I went to the NCAA tournament to watch Notre Dame lose. I am bummed out. I mean, there's a football strike. There may not be a Super Bowl. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm not hey, a happy so it's helpful yeah, we feel better. I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I hate to uh, hate to jump in there. Uh, first off, it's a lockout, not a strike. And, and well, in the NFL. and uh, so so you pumped up about them Pacers being in there, uh, making the playoffs know, and eight games under five hundred. It's nice, I tell you. Ever when when Reggie Miller played, I used to have to wait in line to get tickets. And and now you could walk. Now you you kind of have to wait in line again to get tickets, and it's a nice feeling. There for a few years, it was depressing. You know, and they beat Chicago. Good for them. Uh, you know, I, I, Chicago. When Michael left, he took the Bulls with him. So you know, I don't. You know, I haven't seen a Chicago game since, unless they're playing the Pacers. But, well, that's uh, who they're going to play. Good day. I'm not too worried. Jordan gone. They could take him. I, uh, I hey Larry Bird's a happy man because his job was on the line and this is helping. <laughs> hey Paul George is the real deal and we're glad to see that we finally turned that corner on uh, the whole Jermaine O'Neal, Ron Artest. That was the team that was clowned for a championship. We knew we we had it in the bag. We just destroyed, destroyed, and they're all plays, pumped them out. 
And then all of a sudden, the brawl, man, the brawl just happened, and it all came crashing no. down on our heads. And Steven Jackson's in the stand swinging it. Such a black eye for sports. But at the same time, as a Patriot fan, you know, you were just like, man, that was the team that was primed to win a championship. Elwood, I'll give you the last comment on the Patriots. Well, actually, it's the malice in the palace is the hip term for that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I'm proud of the Pacers, and I hope that I, – I'm not overly optimistic. I'm proud of them, and I'm going to support them, but I'm not betting any money, you know. <laughs> so, it's, I, I'm just – you know, it's been a rough – it's been a rough time for Central Indiana people, you know, but the Butler and the – it's just been bad. <laughs> and the, losing the Super Bowl to the Saints, I know that was two years ago, but I'm still not over it yet, but, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm going to let you guys – get back to the show. I just kind of want to know what you heard. This is the first I I live on the canal and I can see Lucas Oil out my window and I never heard that. I thought, "Dang, I'm in the loop. I'm out of the loop." <laughs> yeah. yeah. They kept they kept it hush us for sure. And will you call back anytime, man. We appreciate you having a listener, being a listener of Red vs. Blue, buddy. Oh, glad to see some indie people on here. I get so tired of Pat's talk and next talk. It's good to hear about the good old, you know, good Colts and Butler. See you guys. All right, take care, man. Be good. Take care. Elwood, a local uh, Indianapolis fan, man. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep the airwaves up there for the Indianapolis callers when they call in because uh, we gotta represent uh, for Indianapolis. We're smack dab in the middle. This is the crossroads. Okay, Mikey, let's move on. We hit, we hit the Bulls. We hit the baseball. We talked about Kentucky. We're, we're moving on to the National Football League, and like you called it, it's not a strike. It's a lockout. I'm not gonna talk about that because that's all really boring crap, right? Let's talk about this. This one topic in the National Football League that is so very important, and that's the degraded quarterback position in the National Football League. There are so many teams that need a quarterback in the National Football League. You've got two things going on here. You've got free agents in the NFL, and you've got the rookies coming in. So there's a little bit of movement here, but there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. Let me run off this quick list, okay, because we've got Kevin Cobb as the hottest player possible that you could possibly get, rookie or otherwise, that you could possibly find right now, Mike, I feel he's worthy of a first-round pick. I'm going to give you the floor here in a second. But with a weak crop of rookie quarterbacks, he's the best quarterback available, bar none. And I say the team that picks up Kevin Cobb becomes an instant playoff contender. I don't care what shape you were in last year. You pick up Kevin Cobb you will be an instant playoff contender. Let me read you off the list because I think you're going to have to come off a first-round pick for Kevin Cobb. And as soon as the team does it, it's deal. It's done. You've got Buffalo at three, Cincinnati at four, Arizona at five, San Fran seven, Tennessee eight, Washington ten, Minnesota 12, Miami 15, Seattle 25. Mike, those are your first-round picks. I'd even throw in Buffalo at 2-2 if they can't get something done. So they're – that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's nine teams that desperately need a quarterback, Mike. Do you think Kevin Cobb is worthy of a first-round pick? No. Absolutely not. The right. reason I say is every team you rattled off is a losing team. They're not going to win with Kevin Cobb. Kevin Cobb can win in Philly. He cannot win with any of the teams that you rattled off. There is no way. Miami, first off, they're going to stick with Chad Henney. I guarantee it. Uh, Kevin Cobb, in my opinion, is a he's a fine quarterback, and he will be a winner somewhere. 
but it's got to be in a winning situation. Philly is a winning situation. Those teams you rattled off is not a winning situation. Wait a minute. You're, you're telling me if Tennessee or San Fran or Minnesota land a, or Seattle land a quarterback, those teams can't make the playoffs? I'm telling you that, yeah, maybe one of those could make the playoffs. Possibly. Oh, man, San Fran is real close. Arizona's real close. Uh, Tennessee's real close. Minnesota is a playoff team with a quarterback. Come on, man. No, no, no. Now, Kevin Cobb is – he's not – it depends on the situation, Scott. I, I, it, it just depends on the situation. Kevin Cobb is not going to make that big a difference for a first-round pick. And we're talking about a first-round pick here. No yeah. way. Well, I'm going to pose this to the chat room. Is Cobb worth a first-round pick? There we go. And now we'll find out what the uh, the crew here in the chat room of Red versus Blue. Remember, the crew is comprised of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy sports. We'll find just, out what they have to say. Like Scott, like I said, it it just depends on the situation. I mean, there there could be some that uh, would want to go ahead and take Cobb and give up that first-round pick. Uh, but I, I don't – I just don't see it. I don't see it. Well, I tell you what, Buffalo at two two again. That's an interesting pick. If, they, if if nobody deals for it, I could see Buffalo at two two deciding, hey, we got our pick at number three. Now let's get our quarterback situation resolved. If he's still there on the board, I, I could definitely see that happening. If it lasts that long, I don't know. Let's talk about the rookies then, because you've got Cam Newton, uh, uh, you know, to the Titans. Uh, you've got this kid. Uh, that I want to talk about that everybody in uh, Seattle is loving is Colin Kaepernick. Do you remember this kid, this Nevada quarterback? Do you remember the Nevada-Boise game? Yeah. This kid, this kid started all four years. He he might He's a second-round slide from all the things I'm hearing about. 230 pounds this quarterback is. Three consecutive years of 2,000 yards passing and 1,000 yards rushing. So he definitely has some wheels, and he moves around in the pocket. And I hear that Seattle really wants to take a look at him, and that could bode well for that team. So you got Ryan Mallett, you know, Bobby Petrino in Arkansas. you got Jake Walker from Washington. I don't know. It just seems like a, a kind of an uninspiring class to everybody that's looking. And I can't believe the Titans are even looking at Cam Newton. That just, doesn't that seem like you're doing the exact same thing you did with Vince Young? What are they doing? Yeah, you know, I don't know, Scott. There's a there's a lot of things going on with the quarterback situation. And, uh, you know, that's the reason I said that uh, Kevin Cobb is not a uh, number one or worth giving up for a number one is I, I just don't – there's got to be other options out there. It doesn't seem like there is, though. Uh, you know, Cam Newton – Cam Newton is going to be a fine quarterback in the NFL. Uh, but there's a lot of other quarterbacks uh, that's got to be out there that right now could step into a starting position. Um, I'm not sure who they are, uh, but well, uh, you know it, it's like it's thin. It's it's getting really really thin, and uh, we'll know uh, once all this stuff gets uh, settled and uh, we start uh, getting into camp, start breaking camp and uh, finding out. Uh, who they are, but the one thing I think that all of us need to uh, really uh, focus on is the backup for every quarter. The backup quarterback in every position, or the backup quarterback uh, for every team, 
Focus on them because they are going to be your guys. Hey, well, we're talking in the chat room right now. We've got McNabb to the Vikings, Mike. Kind of makes sense. I don't know. They need a leader on that team, and I don't know if a, a young quarterback's going to really be able to lead that team. You know, when a, you've got to do something. Palmer, it sounds like the asking price, Dolphins, the Dolphins would be willing to give a third-round pick for Carson Palmer, but, Mike, if they did that, let's just hypothetically, if the Dolphins gave up a third-round pick for Carson Palmer, and I've heard the Bengals are not dealing Carson Palmer. It sounds like a another Vincent Jackson standoff, okay? But yeah. if if for if they did deal a third round pick for Palmer, who wins in that situation? Like the Bengals or the Dolphins? Um, I think the, I think the Dolphins win, <laughs> uh, and the Bengals are just they're going to have to deal with something else. Uh, I think the I think Miami wins in that situation. Right now, I think Miami's going to stand pat with uh, Chad Henney uh, until something better comes along. Uh, but until then, uh, you know, it, it's going to be Chad Henney. But if that was the situation, Scott, it's going to be uh, Miami's a winner. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they need a quarterback. San Francisco, again, they are one quarterback away from being a playoff team and a, and a very good contender on that team, and I kind of wonder how the whole Crabtree situation works out. He was supposed to be elite, but he sure doesn't look like it. Uh, he's not running the greatest, best of routes, and it seems like every quarterback they put in there looks for Josh Morgan or somebody else on that team before they look at Crabtree. I really don't get it. So I, there's got to be some problems with him, and I, I'm not so sure that he's a good buy low as a lot of people think he is. I mean, I, I've heard that tossed around a little bit. But Crabtree really, and again, it was. Let's let be fair. It was only a second year, but there's a lot of other second year wide receivers that have proven to be a lot right. better than Crabtree. Yeah, you know, I, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, Crabtree, it's like, uh, okay, when's it going to happen? You know, last year was second year. I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting, and uh, you know, I mean, let's face it. He's got all the talent in the world uh, to do what he needs to do. But uh, is he given the opportunity to do it? Uh, you know, it, there's a lot of uh, variables there and uh, uncertainty right now in San Francisco. So, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not so sure uh, what they're going to go after as far as uh, quarterback. But I think they need I think they need one too. Good conversation going on in the chat room here at the crew, man. It's, it's packed. It's jam-packed loaded tonight for a Friday night here in April, Mike. We're in April, and the chat room is as full as it is in September, okay? That's the kind of chat room we've got right now in April. I want to talk about players that I see as good candidates uh, in, in the, uh, that you could pick up this year and get on the cheap. Uh, I'm looking at average draft position already, and these players, we just talked about second-year wide receivers, Mike, by the way. Hands down, Hakeem Nix is the number one wide receiver to me in, in dynasty football, okay? I mean, I, I, he was a second-year receiver last year. He made the most of it. But there were a lot of second-year wide receivers last year that were being considered. If you remember when the Giants drafted Hakeem Nix, this was the year where you had Darius Hayward Bay and Michael Crabtree and Jeremy Macklin as the top three candidates, right? And you had... When, when the Giants were on the clock with Hakeem Nix, they, they could have taken Kenny Britt right there, and they took Hakeem Nix. And, okay, great move, 
But Kenny Britt, after we get past Nick being number one, I think Kenny Britt, he's being drafted number 21 on average right now. And this is his magical third year coming up. And many scouts, again, debated he or Nick's when the G-Men drafted. This guy is is huge, 6'3", 215. He played at Rutgers. I remember the Rutgers Louisville game like it was yesterday. And this kid, uh, if you extrapolate out all his numbers, remember, he missed a lot of time. He missed six games last year, Kenny Britt did, Mike. But if you extrap all those numbers, he was heavy on the touchdowns. He had nine touchdowns, three in one game, albeit. But still, if you look at that and you broadcast it for the whole year, it's 67 catches, 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns. That's a top five wide receiver, Mike. And he had Vince Young, Kerry Collins, and Rusty Smith throwing to him. So I don't care what you do with the quarterback position. This kid is elite, and he's being drafted number 21 for obviously the head case issues, but I still think it's massive value to go ahead and grab Kenny Britt in all your league. Yeah, you know, and wouldn't that be something else if uh, Tennessee was to solidify a solid QB? I mean, that's going back to what we were saying, but uh, a solid QB for Kenny Britt to be able to uh, relate to and uh, be on the same page with every Every Sunday or Monday, I mean, wouldn't that be something else? I mean, you talk about, you just talked about the numbers that he did with the quarterbacks that he's been dealing with. I, can you imagine if he had somebody solid every day? So, uh, but uh, no, I agree with you. Kenny Britt is, uh, I mean, he, he's, I mean, you, you better go after him because he's going to be, uh, he's going to be a touchdown maker. And if Tennessee's going to score touchdowns, it's going to be be a Kenny Britt. Or uh, Chris Johnson, obviously, but Kenny Britt's going to be a main factor. Mino, I'm in a draft with you right now in the chat room, my friend, and you are uh, you are making all the right moves in that draft. I'm very excited to see uh, see Mino's draft when he gets uh, put together. Okay, a running back in points per reception, Mike, that I think is being tremendously undervalued is a name that you might not be too excited about, but it's Ahmad Bradshaw. He's only 25 years old. He's being drafted around running back 19 or 20 right now. Now, remember, he went under, he underwent ankle surgery in February, and he has uh, apparently regained his speed. That's what he's going to need. He's going to need those wheels. Uh, he averaged four and a half yards per carry, eight touchdowns, 47 receptions. Now, Mike, I'm going to ask you a question. How many games did Amon Bradshaw miss off the top of your head last year? How many games did he miss? Uh, I don't think he missed a one, did he? You got it, man. He missed zero games. And a lot of people think he he's the injury-prone guy, but I think he shed that label. He played through a lot of pain and a lot of injury last year, and he played every single game, 47 receptions. You can only think that he's going to get more involved in that offense. And, again, only 25 years of age. They may go after another running back to maybe compliment a little bit, but I really feel like I'm a Bradshaw. And being drafted at number RB20, I think you can get – uh, you could play the trade in the waiver game a little bit or the trade game and try to offer something comparable and get a really nice player because you know, uh, he's somebody that's being undervalued. Right. And, you know, with him being only 25 years of age, a lot of people think that he misses miss games, Scott, because he's he's not in there all the time. Uh, they kind of do the, quote, platoon system uh, in New York. But, uh I mean, he's a steady guy. He's he's somebody you can rely on. Uh, you know, he's going to play a full quarter at a time and miss a quarter. And that's just the way Coughlin likes to do it. But, uh, you know, 
if you want to talk about somebody that's going to get you a, a lot of points and be consistent, that's your guy. Let's go to quarterbacks, Mike. Uh, Dynasty ranked quarterback uh, number 14 overall about now. Uh, I love Josh Freeman from Tampa Bay. What a specimen. Great young wide receivers. This guy, people are sleeping on Josh Freeman, Mike. I think this guy has already reached the elite status. 6'6", 250 pounds. Let me read you something, Mike. 25 touchdowns last year and six interceptions. Only six picks. 3,400 yards. You're telling me that you threw in your second year in the National Football League for 3,400 yards up and down that field, and you only gave it away six times, and you've got two nice, studly wide receivers in, in Aurelius Ben and uh, Mike Williams to throw to, and you're a monster of a quarterback, and you threw for 25 touchdowns and six picks. This guy is much better than the number 14-ranked Dynasty quarterback, you're sweeping on this guy if you think he's only number 14. I would take him in a heartbeat in a dynasty draft over guys like Tony Romo. I mean, come on. This guy is going hey. to be a monster. Hey, Scott, this guy is for real. And not only is he for real, Tampa Bay is for real. They showed it last year. They're they're not messing around. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, he's got all the weapons he needs that are in place. They're starting to build one heck of an offensive line. They've got a defense that is starting to get hungry. This team is getting more hungrier as as the days go along. And I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you right now, Tampa Bay will be in the playoffs in the NFC. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, uh, apparently – the Tampa Bay Bucks are the target of HBO's hard knocks now that Rex Ryan turned them down. HBO actually offered the Jets part two, season two, to do a back-to-back season, and Rex Ryan turned them down. He said it's time to get back to business and make sure they get this Super Bowl ring. But they're going to Tampa Bay, Mike, and so like you said, exciting team. That I think HBO completely agrees, and they want to kind of show the world. I think Josh Freeman's ready for some big, big things, and I think if you can go, you can go ahead and still score him – in a lot of dynasty leagues where people are sleeping on him. They have him on their roster, but I bet you you could get him on the cheap uh, by offering somebody that, that they may not ex- that they may think is worth more than Josh Freeman. But I think you're actually getting a steal. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Today I got a dynasty offer, and I jumped all over it, but the dynasty offer was Blair White for Jacoby Jones. Now, if you guys play Dynasty, you know what I'm talking about. I own Blair White. He's on my roster. He's kind of roster filler. I might have played him a couple times last year, whatever. But when you get an offer for Jacoby Jones straight up for Blair White, you're like, all right, I'm going to hit accept. I'm going to hit accept. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's going on with Blair White? What, what does he know about Blair White that I know? Let me make sure I'm not missing some news on Blair White. What, what, what is going on here? Is Blair White the real deal? All of a sudden, I start to uh, develop this real crush with Blair White. Like, this guy is more valuable on my team in the last five seconds than he has been the last six months. Why? Because I got a trade offer for him. He, I'm already getting attached now to Blair White. Kind of hard for me to let go. <laughs> you know? But I'm ready to accept it. Jacoby Jones. I love Jacoby Jones. But it's Blair White now. Wait a minute. A rookie? First year? Peyton Manning? 
Uh, Austin Collie has the injuries. Mike, what would you have done in that situation? I mean, of course I accepted the deal, but I just want to tell you that I started to develop some real man love for Blair White. I still think, and, uh, you know, I still think it's a fair trade. Uh, Blair White's going to be, I mean, he's going to be something else, but, uh, you know, you can't give up on uh, Jacoby Jones either. Uh, I think it's a fair trade. I think it's kind of a fun a fun trade. Uh, when I say fun trade, uh as far as uh, you and the other owner, uh, to track over the next couple of years, if you both still have them, uh, just to see what happens. Because I, I honestly, uh, unless I'm stupid, I think it's I think it's a real fair trade. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? It, those are the kind of trades that make it fun in the off season. You know, uh, who knows what will happen with it? But it's just kind of it's just kind of fun to. Uh, just kind of fun to uh, pick those kind of trades and put those into the into into play here. Another another player I want to talk about, and again, there, you know, when I considered Amon Bradshaw as my buy low player, there was another player I wanted to say Peyton Hillis uh, because he's being drafted at running back twelve. Mike, this dude scored more than Lashawn McCoy. He scored more than Chris Johnson. Peyton Hillis scored more than Jamal Charles, Darren McFadden, Ray Rice, and Adrian Peterson. Hello. 61 receptions, too, but he's in a tough division. He plays against Pittsburgh. He plays against Baltimore twice and Cincinnati. Tough division. Can he take the beating? And then you've also got Hardesty. This is a guy that was ranked number two running back overall. He's being drafted at RB12. That's no respect from Fantasy Nation. But the funny thing is, Fantasy Nation is, is anointing him as kind of a fluke. Okay, but I'm not so sure that the Cleveland Browns are anointing him a fantasy fluke because if if the Cleveland Browns believe in what they saw last year, and a man, you saw every time I played against Peyton Hillis, he crushed me. He destroyed yeah. me to like 202. There was nothing you could do. But if the Cleveland Browns believe in Peyton Hillis, you're going to see another year like last year. Well, I don't think you will. Uh, the reason I say that, Scott, is uh, – he goes against a very tough division uh, twice. Yep. I mean, he's just constantly going against it. He's a big-time bruiser. He'll go against all comers. He'll take on all comers. Uh, but last year, the his out-of-division out of uh, schedule was pretty weak. And, okay. Uh, and he, he had a chance to uh, capitalize on that quite a bit. Uh, I'm not so sure he's going to have the same year this year. Uh, you know, I kind of hope he does because it's kind of fun to watch him type of uh, big bruising running backs that can, uh, you know, run the ball to the middle uh, and still go to the left and right, uh, go uh, or horizontal and uh, and still catch uh, catch the ball out of the backfield. But I, I just I, I think that he's going to have a little bit tougher time this year uh, than he did last year. Yeah, I agree with you. That division is very tough. I, I also like Hardesty as a player. Matter of fact, if I'm a dynasty player, I'm I'm trying to scoop up Hardesty because, like you said, bruising back, another year of pounding, very likely Hillis is going to go down, and Hardesty you could probably get on the cheap right now, pick him up, and he'll probably be a nice little weapon for Cleveland if he himself can stay healthy. So I want to talk about him. I also want to move on to the other wide receiver that I was thinking about. I love Kenny Britt. I also love big Mike Williams in Seattle, Mike. He, he plays in a great conference or a great division where he can really rack up some fantasy stats. 
he posted 65 receptions for 750 yards and two touchdowns. Now, he kept the weight down. That was always the problem, right, with Mike Williams, 235. He kept the weight down. He still missed some time, but, hey, that's getting back into game shape, you know. He's a big-time player, Mike. I want him. I got man love for Mike Williams in Seattle. He plays for Pete Carroll. Uh, and if you look at the last couple of games, the last three games of the season, Mike, including the two playoff games, Mike Williams was counted on. He scored four touchdowns in those three games. So while he only had two in the year, the last three games he scored four. You put that along with uh, an offense in that division, Mike, Mike Williams is a big-time buy-low candidate in Dynasty and redraft fantasy football. Right. And, you know, this show is red versus blue. Uh, you know, uh, Scott, you have your opinions, and I like to go against you, and I, I, I like to try to validate my point going against you. There is no way I can go against you on this one. Mike Williams is solid, and he – He's going to carry uh, Seattle maybe to hopefully a uh, winning uh, winning playoff berth this year instead of a losing play losing record playoff berth. Uh, but uh, Mike Williams is I mean he is solid. I mean this guy's got everything, and you know it would not surprise me to see him uh, uh, just uh, you know set some records, set some AFC uh, West records with what he's getting ready to do, because I, I love what he, and I love what he brings to the table. Well, they're, they're, they're giving me hell now, Mike. They said if Mike agrees with me, if Mike agrees with me, he's got to be wrong. And they're, uh, That's they're, they're taboo. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, hey, listen, I, I think, I, you know, I don't know what they're going to do in Seattle. I don't have any notes, but I know Whitehurst doesn't look like the future. I think they have Lawson, and he's a free agent that hasn't been re-signed. They released that kid, Nate Davis. In the front office, I don't know what they're doing, but they stated they wanted to re-sign Hasselback, who's slow and immobile. And, I mean, they're trying to run a hybrid West Coast offense. So, you know, the idea that they need a want uh, a mobile quarterback to run their system, I don't know. It, it's just who knows what they're going to end up with. Maybe they end up with Copernic, or maybe they end up with Mallet, or maybe they make a trade for Cobb or Palmer or one of these guys. But I don't think any of that really matters. I don't think any of that really matters. I think it just sets up a nice situation. I love Dion Butler once he gets healthy. I think that kid is Eddie Royal when healthy. Well, I think he's a really nice player. But I just kind of like where I saw from him. And it's his first year back, too, guys. you got to give him a break. It's his first year back. Hey, another thing is, how much fun did this team have uh, talking about Seattle? Uh, even though they, they made the playoffs with a losing record, but – Alfie, I mean, throw that out. How much fun do they have with Pete Carroll as their head coach? I mean, this team, they love him, and they're just going to continue to progress with him. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I brought him up. All right, the, the, the last uh, – I had one other guy here I wanted to talk about was Brandon Pettigrew. And, again, I, it seems like I'm out on an island with this guy. Every time I bring him up, nobody seems to support him. Like I do, I've traded for him in several leagues. He's being drafted at tight end number 15. He's 6'5", 265. He's an older tight end. He played in college a lot. Uh, but his second year in the league, he throws up 71 receptions. It was a product of need. They did need to throw the ball. They didn't have much of a running game, so he did. He had a low TD count. But I'll tell you something. When Stafford came back in that middle of that season, Mike, Pettigrew scored both games. Weeks 8 and 9, Stafford Pettigrew scored. 
I'm telling you, I think this offense will be better this year. I think the Detroit Lions will pick up another running back to kind of complement Best. If Best can stay healthy, you got Calvin on the other side. You got Burleson. Pettigrew is a nice tight end, guys. I think you're missing out on a top ten lock for a dynasty tight end. Scott? All right. Yeah, that's what I got to say. I didn't expect much. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm, almost, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm waiting for my crickets. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I told you before. I, I told you ahead of time that nobody really cares about Brandon Pettigrew. But you know what? Guess what? <laughs> a lot of us play. A lot of us play in the FFPC. It's one and a half points per reception. You catch. You throw in seventy-one balls on that offense. He becomes a lot more valuable than a typical tight end, Mike. I'm just telling you. Well, I, I'll tell you what. I, I make notes on uh, on every show. I make notes because it's a lot of fun for me. So uh, April eighth. Pedigree is your guy. Tight end. Yeah. First round pedigree, man. I'm telling you, you gotta remember that that uh that pedigree when when they when they show up, when they prove it, it it usually I works wish out. You so, said that, man. It's almost derby day. That gummit. You're right, man. It is almost derby day. Okay. I want to introduce a new stat to you guys in the world of high stakes fantasy football. You may not be paying attention, uh, but I want you to head on over to profootballfocus.com. They have a great article. On yards per route run, Mike, wide receivers, the top 20 wide receivers, yards per route run, it's kind of like it's kind of like looking at a, a wide receiver's targets, you know, how effective were they when they were throwing the ball. This is how effective are they when they run a receiving route, okay? Not a blocking route, but when they run a receiving route. The number one receiver in the National Football League when they run a receiving route last year, Mike, do you have a guess? No, I, I'm – who is it's it? a very interesting stat, and that's the kind of statistics you get over at ProFootballFocus.com. Brian Fontaine and all the guys over at ProFootballFocus, uh, Twitter friends of mine. Kenny Britt, Mike, was the head and shoulders best wide receiver in the league, yards per route run, followed by Brandon Lloyd, Andre Johnson. Okay, you would think those names would be there. Number four, if you Dynasty players are listening, Aurelius Ben. There's another name you might not have thought was actually that effective, but when he was in the game, 174 routes, 395 yards. It's a very high yards per route run. They really like a really Ben when he's in the offense. Percy Harvin's so up ask, there. So let me ask a question on this. Uh, yards per route, uh, that's if they get a reception or – how does that how does that work? I'm sorry, I'm yeah. kind of clumsy yeah. here. So if you run a passing route, they track that, and then they say how many yards do you end up with based on the routes that you ran, and then they just you know, they just they just divide the route the yards by how many routes you ran. So okay, yeah, it's a really straight really straightforward. So a lot of times the wide receivers are out there to block or this or that. These are looking at receiving threats. So Austin Collins was in the top ten. Roddy White, Hakeem Nix, uh, and Brandon Stokely. So, you know, the Stokely uh, surprises you a little bit, obviously, with Seattle. but And then the final the guy was Dwayne Bowe. I think what's more interesting is there's very solid names up there and names that you might expect are solid players. You just needed another little edge or another little push to confirm it. Well, now you know. Kenny Britt, Aurelius Ben, very effective wide receivers. So be on the lookout for them. Maybe you can snag them in your dynasty offseason. Uh, Mike, we're going to move on to the hot topic of the evening, and I'm going to bring in John Duckworth uh, again. He's been very critical and yet fair 
but he has been an outspoken voice in the world of high-stakes fantasy football over the last couple of weeks. John, uh, the World Championship of Fantasy Football, we're sitting here in April, and we've got players that have not been paid yet. Dustin Ashby, uh, one of the owners, has been very quiet on this issue over the last uh, couple of weeks. He was very vocal in the beginning. seems like he's kind of shut down. What's your take on this whole situation so far? Well, disappointment, I guess, would be the 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 biggest thing. And it's, uh, you know, I, I'm one of obviously several people that, that's owed money, and the amount of money that I'm owed is very small compared to some people. I mean, we, we know what Chad's owed. We, we, we suspect what Tony Wins is owed or Windus is owed. Um, and, and you know some people that are owed into the five digits. For me, I'm I'm just I'm I'm disappointed with the way the whole thing's been handled. I I just feel like the 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 attitude, the prevailing attitude there is, you know, we'll get them paid eventually, and and they'll come back, and if they don't come back, we'll find somebody else to take their place, and. The, the customer service is non-existent. You ask direct questions, you don't get direct answers. You get the same BS. We're keeping our heads down and trying to get this handled. We're pushing out 12 to 24 checks a day. It was a problem with the procedures, and we've got it fixed. Well, if it was, in fact, a problem with the procedures, and you, in fact, do have it fixed, then you should have everybody paid once that happened. We were told that it was fixed three weeks ago, four weeks ago. We hope to have everybody's check out by the time we go to Vegas. Well, obviously those hopes haven't come true. Um, it, it's rather obvious it's a liquidity problem. And, you know, there, there's rumors going around about associations with major sponsors or something like that. And, Hopefully it'll come through so that they can get the money to pay the people they owe because right now the money's not there. If the money was there, you wouldn't risk the reputation of the event, your personal reputation, and everything you've been working for since you purchased this in 2007 by not paying people. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Mike, I know you haven't uh, been real. Uh, you've been following the situation. Uh, you've been listening to it as well. And, you know, February 15th are the, are the posted payment dates. They, they let us know that, uh, you know, things weren't right, things were a little bit behind. So I think a lot of people gave them the benefit of the doubt and said, okay, you're having some issues. But then the continual uh, missed dates, the continual over-promised, under-delivered dates really began to be a problem on the boards and all the – continual uh, the day after day uh, payments just never did come or, or they came very slowly a person would get paid here or there that you'd hear right. about and I'm sure there's a lot of payments that are also being paid that we don't hear about as well because let's face it a lot of people don't visit the message board we only get to you know the message board is a tight knit community but we're not hearing about everybody and so I'm sure there's people that aren't being paid that aren't on the message board and I'm sure there's people that are being paid that aren't on the message board uh and a lot of people, I, I'm, I'm sure, don't even request their money, and they leave it in the account. But there are people that have been, they're owed six figures, at least that have still not been paid, 
I mean, these people ponied up $25,000 for entrance fees, Mike, and, and, and we're sitting here in April and they're still not well, paid. Yeah, just, just to jump in real quick, Scott, and, you know, it, it's really hard to fathom uh, what's going on there. You know, a lot of these guys, uh, well, myself included, and you, and uh, uh, John, yourself, uh, we all, you know, when we enter something, we work hard. We work very hard uh, to try to win something like that. And to not get rewarded for what you've done and the work that you put into it. I mean, it takes a lot of work. Uh, it's it's very downtrodden, and it's very upsetting uh, to think that you're not going to get paid for the work that you did. And, you know, I mean, let's face it, guys, it, it is work. It, it's a lot of hard work. A lot of time and energy goes into what you're doing. If your boss wants to, uh, you know, for instance, if you go to work and, and he says, okay, great job, and doesn't pay anything, well, what the heck? I mean, that's not going to – I mean, that's that's not going to work. So, I don't know, Scott and John, I'm, I, I just have a hard time understanding uh, this whole situation. It, it's not it's hard not. to understand. It, it, it's, it's, it's a money issue, and, and, and anybody that's paying any attention does know that, and – you know, my whole mission at this point, other than trying to get paid, is just make sure that everybody understands the inherent risk of playing there and if you get paid. I, I left some money in, in, in my account. I plan on playing a couple satellite weeks next year. You have folks like Chad, who we love, who's waiting on six figures, who still opted to play in the baseball contest and in the Platinum League. But he knows the inherent risk. He knows it's not the most secure investment that you can make. And, you know, if, if you understand the risk and choose to play there, great. But I just don't want people going in not not knowing that there is a risk, because there is. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, real quick, John, uh, why would players want to go into any type of uh, – uh, situation like that, knowing that that risk is involved. In, in the case of the WCOFF, if, 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 if you know and you still opt to, it's because of the, the weekend event, because of friends you've met there, because it was your first, because it still holds something near and dear to you, and because of the fact that, quite frankly, um, the other leagues that are smaller with nothing but diehards are closer to all-star leagues. You feel like you have a better shot at cashing in that league than uh, than you do the, the FFPC or NFFC as examples. So, I mean, that, there, there's risk that you weigh, but there's still uh, there's still some folks that will, will weigh the risk and, and decide to play. And if you do, great. Um, like I said, I'll probably play a couple of satellites and Hopefully I'll win something, and hopefully I'll get paid. We'll see. Well, John, I appreciate you saying that. And listen, the FPA, the Fantasy Players we form that to uh, to, to uh, inform the players of what's going on in the world of fantasy sports. And we came out with our statement. It's the stance of the FPA that deposits for football 2011 should never have been accepted until all 2010 requests for payment are paid. So we cannot be supportive of the WSFF any other way 
Uh, and so we've reached out to Dustin, and, you know, the funny thing is we have not received a comment. It's been several days, so he has given uh, the Silent Peak treatment to all of us. It's very unfortunate on that aspect. We will keep you posted as soon as we hear more. Uh, and, and, you know, let's fast forward it. What's going to happen is, is we, we have to have an escrow. We have to have answers and, and winners paid. And, you know, let's, like you said, John, uh, we, we love each other. We hope we, uh, we get to see each other in Vegas, and that's it. We're out of time. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Okay, guys, we're officially in overtime here on Red vs. Blue. Uh, it'll be available for the podcast listeners. Uh, the live show is over, but John... Uh, if you had any other thoughts uh, on this situation, I wanted to, to give you the floor and let you uh, let you close it out. Maybe John has left. John, are you with us? Mike, are you with us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Mike, it's a situation. Uh, the Fancy Players Association can't support it uh, without an escrow or some form. I didn't. I didn't say escrow. What I really need to say was some form of protection. It's up to them to decide how to do that, but we have to know that the, that the funds are available and that they're ready to be used and that they're ready to be paid out if we play. We've got to have that, that form of assurance in any right, way that you right. can provide it. Uh, well, Scott, uh, first off, uh, John, are you there? Okay. No? He's not, he's not there. I wish he was um, because the reason I was – I really, I, I'm really shocked that uh, John would uh, support something that he knows he may not even get paid for. You know, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, he to to sit there and go through an event and put the work and the time and the energy in, and he just said, "Well, if I get paid, fine. If I don't, well, that's fine too." That that's what I got from John, and I don't understand that. Yeah, well, no, that's very difficult to accept. Again, we've got players that ponied up twenty five thousand dollars to play in the premium leagues ever. A twenty five thousand dollar league entry fee you pay to the world championship, and you win that sucker for one hundred fifty thousand and a little bit more than that, and you haven't got your money. I'll tell you what, what, the more I think about it, the Platinum League winner should be the very first player paid, period, because they had to put up the most money. It's not like they had to put up fifteen hundred or two grand to be in it. They had to put up twenty five thousand of their own cash. They should have got the twenty five grand back plus the hundred and fifty thousand or whatever's owed yep. to them. And and that should be the first payment paid out of all everybody. The Platinum League winner. And that still yep. hasn't happened and that and that's very disturbing. And then there's rumors that when this hasn't been paid his money, I don't know if that's true or not. You really can't say uh, until we hear from Tony uh, or Dustin, either one, to let us know yay or nay on the subject. At least confirm or deny it. If you don't deny it or if you don't confirm it, either one, we're only left to assume what you know what, what everybody has to say, and that's the only voices that are out there. So, uh, Mike, it's very disturbing. I, I love playing in the World Championship of Fantasy Football. I hope... Uh, like to God, if somebody comes in and saves the day, I don't know if it'll be Dustin or Jesse or another investor or or maybe it's well, all six behind the scenes and it's a big fiasco. We just don't know. But some kind of problem is happening. People haven't been paid. And I just hope 
and it can get solved, and uh, we can move forward. Yeah, and you know what? I hate to say this. Uh, it seems like I keep going over and over about the about the same thing, but uh, it's hard to beat the FFPC, and that's all I'm going to say. And I, I'm just going to leave it at that, Scott. All right. Well, hey, good show, man. We thanks uh, thanks for being a part of it. Uh, it's good to be back at Red Blue, man. Let's keep this rolling throughout the off season. Sounds good, Scott. Talk to you later, Bob.